You are listening to episode number four of the Mind Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. Hey friends, how are you? I hope you're doing amazing because it's a good day to have a good day. Don't you find? I can't tell you how much I look forward to this time together every week now. And hey, I have so much that I've been looking forward to sharing with you that I think we should get right to it. Because today, I want to talk to you about a highly effective way to start planning your food, to lean out, lose weight, or optimize your health. You're going to want to pay special attention because between you and me, I probably don't teach food planning the way that you're used to. And it really, truly has the power to revolutionize your relationship to food. What you're going to learn today is one of the pillars of my weight loss program, Think Yourself Slim, and you'll be able to implement it right away. What you need to understand is that getting to know your body well enough to know which foods work well for it is like getting to know anybody. You gotta spend time getting to know each other, and it involves making plans that you can both look forward to. That's really the key, because if you're anything like me, when I used to start a meal plan, the initial excitement about following my new plan would fizzle out after about a week or two, or even sometimes a couple of days, and then I would start to dread upholding the decisions about how I plan to eat, and it became real easy to come up with excuses for not following the plan and eventually giving up altogether. Nobody's going to keep doing something that gives them a perpetual sense of failure, right? The good news is that I found a way that cuts through all of that, and it doesn't involve loads of deprivation or unrealistic expectations of yourself. The important thing to keep in mind is that diets can be helpful to inform food choices, but you want to make sure that those choices don't disconnect you from your body. Your body is the expert, never an external plan. A friend of mine coined herself a flexitarian, and that's something that's always worked for me as well. You have to be able to flex those mental muscles so you can adapt to your body's changing needs because its needs do change day to day, season to season. Maybe you took on a big project at work and your stress levels have spiked. Maybe you just had kids. Maybe you're hitting the gym more often. Maybe you're on your lady days. My point being that the demands we place on our bodies change. That means you need to pay attention to what you eat so that you know what works and what doesn't and how to change and when to change. So how do you do all of that? That's where the 24-hour mindful meal plan comes into play. And I spell full with a double L here because, well, 
For one, I like to feel like I'm being clever. (laughs) But also, it's truly a plan that allows you to fill right up while becoming mindfully familiar with your hunger cues so as to not be eating past the point of full, but not either feel yourself to be deprived or under eating. Before we dive into what specifically it entails, I want to give you a quick primer on mindfulness and how that can be applied to food planning. One of the most widely circulated definitions of mindfulness is that of John Kabat-Zinn, who's done a lot of work in mindfulness-based stress reduction, or MBSR, which might be something that's familiar to some of you. He says, mindfulness means paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. So mindfulness is a quality of attention or watchfulness that we bring to our lives. What exactly are we watching? Well, primarily our thoughts. Our thoughts are what determine the qualitative experience of our present moment. So whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. When we're living at the effects of our minds and we experience something unpleasant, the tendency is to try to fix, control, or change the circumstance rather than change the thoughts that we're having about the circumstance. We try to control what's out there in order to feel better in here. We can't see that it's our thoughts that are causing us to suffer because our thoughts feel just as real as our circumstance. Our thoughts become bound up in our circumstances so much so that we can't distinguish one from the other. And then our sense of self and the world becomes a function of what we see rather than how much we're able to notice. So if we had a hard day at work, instead of processing that, we make a T-line for the pantry and boom, new circumstance, new thoughts, new feelings. We distract away from what's really going on with us. Bringing mindfulness to our lives allows us to breathe in our moments with so much more spaciousness. It blows our lives wide open. It allows us to pierce the illusion that our thoughts are as real as the facts of our lives. And what happens when we exercise more mindfulness in this way is that all of our power starts to flood back to us. We no longer have to control something out there, like whether there's tempting food around, to feel in control. Because we understand that we have 100% power over ourselves. So the mindful meal plan is designed for you to regain that feeling of control. That feeling of having the capacity to decide for yourself. You decide ahead of time so you don't have to decide in the moment. You get to just be in the moment. How does planning and thinking about the future make sense when we're talking about becoming more present? Interestingly enough, the more we've planned our moments the more present we can be for them. When we consciously create our future, we don't have to react to our situation so much. It's hard to keep our highest well-being in mind when we're trying to decide based on how we feel. When we let our emotions guide our choices, we take a lot of actions, like we end up overeating, for example, in order to try and change the way we feel, instead of looking at what's causing us to feel that way in the first place. And that's never how our best decisions are made, right? The 24-hour mindful meal plan is a mindful plan 
meaning above all else realistic. It feels doable. It's something that you can bring your whole mind to and really get present to. The way that this works is that you will plan exactly what you will eat a full 24 hours in advance. Not your week, just tomorrow. You'll make that decision ahead of time so you don't end up deciding based on how you feel. It also makes it so much easier to account for impromptu date nights or that lunch meeting that just popped up on your schedule. Narrowing in on a smaller unit of time, just taking it day by day, makes you so much more adaptable. So you're not always feeling like you're breaking the rules. It puts you in charge of making the rules so you don't have to be breaking them. And think about it. So many of us struggle with eating because we're eating distracted and we're making choices when we're feeling depleted. So the mindful meal plan is such an effective way of teaching ourselves not to go unconscious around food. The point of the meal plan isn't to lose weight. Rest assured, that is what happens in 99.99999% of the cases. It is the byproduct. But that's not the point. The point is is to start paying attention. The point is to teach yourself what it's like to be in integrity with yourself about what you've decided for yourself. So really getting a sense of what those decisions you're making feel like in your body. Before you go about trying to change, you have to understand the impact that the decisions you're making now are having on you or else you'll just end up falling back on the decisions you've always made because those decisions will seem like they feel better when maybe it's not that they actually feel better, but just that they feel comforting because they feel familiar. It's what you've always known and always done. But everything we repeatedly do is a choice. Because our habits come so effortlessly to us, it's so easy to mistake them for just how we are or how things are, especially around food. And here's why. As our brains evolved, aspects of our evolution were consolidated and there was a continual layering on that allowed us to develop more and more sophisticated structures in the brain. The visual I have in my mind is like looking at layers of sedimentation on a slab of rock. So I like to think of the prefrontal cortex where we do most of our higher order thinking and processing as just overlaying the primitive structures of the brain. When we don't bring awareness to our decisions, when we don't plan our decisions, we're making our decisions from the bottom up. What we want to do is invert that pyramid and recruit the prefrontal cortex to be able to exercise more conscious choice, to be able to live our lives more deliberately, especially around food. The prefrontal cortex is focused on the vision that you have for yourself in your life. The primitive brain, on the other hand, is focused on what you see. It's focused on your survival, on what's right in front of you. I like to think of it as a parent-child relationship. So if you put a jar of cookies in front of a toddler, their reflex, if there's no one around, is probably not going to be to go ask for permission from Papa prefrontal cortex. The brain likes to be efficient, So it doesn't like to involve the whole chain of command. But when we don't plan, we're choosing not to recruit the parent. We're putting the toddler in charge of making the decisions. When we make decisions 
from what we see, our choices will always be pleasure-driven. But when we make the decisions from the vision we have for ourselves, our choices will be able to account for our global well-being. So notice which eyes you're looking out on your life through. When we recruit the parent brain by making decisions ahead of time, we're better able to monitor and manage our primitive brain. I find this analogy so helpful because when I have a strong or persistent urge to eat something that I haven't planned for, I can observe it. I can observe that urge or that craving with a firmness and wisdom. I can also be with it with a lot of nurturance. I can better discern what I'm needing in those moments because there's an immediate recognition that the only problem that food ever solves for is physical hunger. If you're eating for any other reason, there's some unmet need there that's asking for your attention. If every time you're eating, instead of understanding what that need is, you'll get a surge of relief. That's almost indulgent from that immediate gratification. But then you've taught that toddler that relief is something food gives us instead of something we give ourselves. So I like that idea of just gently separating myself. Feel free to try this visual for yourself. Byron Katie, who's this amazing writer and teacher that I've mentioned before in the past on this podcast, says something that I just think resonates perfectly here she says I don't let go of my thoughts they let go of me so I get this image in my head of just this little kid tugging at my clothes tugging to get my attention just nudging me nudging me nudging me and there's just this sense that when we pay attention all of a sudden there's a letting go And it's not that we've shoved the kid off of us. (laughs) It's not that we lost our mind and started screaming, but really that we can just be right there. That they let go of me. I just love that. And I mention it because so many of us are in a hurry to change and fix ourselves that we fail to realize that if we just paid attention, if we just stayed with the awareness of what's going on long enough to understand Change wouldn't involve so much efforting. It becomes easier to default to a new choice when we understand that it's rooted in the choices that then emerge from that, from our quality of presence. Those choices are quite often choices that aren't serving us, but yet those are choices that we're in control of making. By bringing mindfulness, that is to say our full attention to the way that we're eating, We're able to witness what we're choosing with more ease. Bringing back that parent-child analogy, we're able to sit with our small self and empower it to think bigger for itself. This may seem so simple that it's easy to dismiss offhand like, yeah, yeah, but don't discount it. There's a Zen teaching that goes, think of the small as large. When you focus on the micro, the macro takes care of itself. And this is a really valuable instruction because if you do eat off plan, all you have to focus on is the next decision and you're right back on plan. You take it one decision at a time, 
one day at a time. You meet yourself where you are moment to moment. So there's not this perpetual sense of starting over. Our capacity to honor the decisions we've made ahead of time determines whether we'll be able to create the results we want in our lives or not. So why is it so dang hard (laughs) to do what we say? Why is it so hard to stick to the plan? Understand that when the tendency has been to leave that toddler brain to its own devices, it's had a long history of learning to try and solve its problems with things that bring it comfort in the immediate moment. But remember that there remains an unmet need there. So it's a relationship that becomes characterized by a kind of neglect and avoidance. Most of us have a relationship like this with ourselves. The tendency isn't to pay attention to ourselves. Instead of taking care of ourselves, we give the kid a cookie so the kid will stop urging and urging and nagging at us when it's actually doing the urging because it's seeking attention, not a cookie. We don't develop then the discernment between a need and a want. We opt for the path of least resistance instead of exercising patience and courage. We turn away instead of leaning into the discomfort. We eat to find the relief that we haven't been able to give ourselves. We don't follow through on what we say we want in the long term. And then we guilt ourselves, we punish ourselves even. Or on the other end of the spectrum, we become permissive. In psychology, they call this the what the hell effect, where these little cheats lead us to then tear up the whole plan and just go, what the heck? (laughs) Who cares? What's the use anyways? We do this in our minds all the time. And speaking of the word cheat, on a little tangent here, when people try to follow a meal plan or a way of quote-unquote healthy eating that's too restrictive, the tendency is to allow for these cheats. But what happens when you do this is that you're not cheating on your diet. You're cheating on your relationship with yourself. You're eating behind your own back. These cheats are what I call little quits. They're sneaky and they're a slippery slope. They often seem so small or insignificant that the tendency is to discount them until it happens again. What I'm drawing your attention to is that it's not serving you to be punitive with your planning or ultra permissive. I don't give my clients an exact meal plan to follow because developing the skill of planning in a way that you actually want to do with the intention of taking care of yourself is everything. Weight loss without the relationship to support the result feels terrible. It's exhausting because you have to rely on all these external controls. It's depleting because you have to rely on willpower, which we have in limited reserves. And it's self-defeating because my guess is that the whole reason that you want to lose weight is the reason we do most anything, which is to say, feel better. So the 24-hour meal plan is really about learning to tell yourself the truth. Not only will you get to know how you eat when you start using this method of planning, you'll also get to know yourself. You'll learn to pay attention. You'll learn how to eat healthy and you'll establish a healthy relationship with yourself.
the way this works is that you will make the plan either before bed or when you first wake up. You will set a timer for five minutes and then you will make your plan. That's all the time it should take you. If you don't have five minutes, then you have bigger problems, I'm afraid. (laughs) So get your life back and then we can get it in order. You will not plan what you should be eating. You will plan what you are willing to eat. This part is critical. You want to establish a way of making decisions that allows you to make decisions about what you'll eat in a way that you can feel good about. So no food is off limits as long as it's planned. Remember, the goal is not to lose weight. The goal is to keep paying attention. So if you feel like what you're planning is not realistic, if you feel like you're going to go unconscious in the moment and make a decision that is out of alignment with how you want to be eating, then it's really important to go back and reevaluate what you're about to put on your plan. This instruction kind of boggles people's minds because they want to go to that place where they're extreme or they get confused because that's not what most of us are practiced doing, right? But it's actually really straightforward, you guys. You want to look at how you're eating now, and each day you'll be looking for a small improvement over yesterday. So if you eat a box of Oreos every day, you might put down 10 cookies on your plan. And that's okay. Even though you're eating 10 cookies, all of a sudden you're no longer eating the entire box. You want to practice inner listening so that there's an open channel of communication between your prefrontal cortex and your primitive brain. If you're too restrictive or you're too punitive, the barrier goes way up. You can be yelling at yourself to lose weight, but the toddler will become a rebellious teenager who wants nothing to do with you and nothing you say about wanting said teenager to graduate to better results in his or her life will get through to them. We make sticking to a plan harder than it needs to be by trying to implement all our changes at once. And then we feel miserable. Even if you crash diet, your results aren't going to show up overnight. You need something that you can follow over and over again until you get the result, and that takes time. Time you'll be unwilling to give yourself if you feel too deprived and restricted all of the time. Let me tell you, it's a lot easier to improve on today, tomorrow, when you're not expecting the results to have shown up yesterday. When you can focus on how the choices you're making are feeling in your body, instead of looking for evidence of whether or not it's working, you get into the kind of mindset of the person who is capable of creating the result you want. The person who is already at the goal weight that you're looking to create for yourself isn't wondering those things about whether or not their plan is working. They're focused on eating foods that feel good in their bodies. So that's exactly what you have to get practice doing. That's exactly the mindset you have to get into and the way you need to start thinking about it. The most important thing is for you to start to trust yourself. It's for you to start to trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. As you start doing that, you'll start to trust your body to release some fat. 
Here's the thing. If you're not managing to follow your plans because they're all diety and restrictive, then you're not making real plans. You're making wishful plans. If you want to understand why you have the result you have now, you have to start paying attention and you have to start following through on what you say. So don't make it impossible for yourself. Make it possible. Make it realistic. And then just do it. Be done with quitting on yourself. You have to start where you are. If you try to start from where you want to be, you'll never get there. So let's say you have pasta every night. You're not going to go from pasta to salads in a hot minute, and that's fine. You don't have to be in a hurry to get there. You just have to follow a plan to get there in a way that you can do it, like it, and be in control. So maybe you do half pasta, half salad. Maybe you do more sauce than pasta. Maybe you try zucchini noodles. You start to think just a little bit differently. With the 24-hour mindful meal plan, the changes are incremental. So you're able to consolidate the changes. And when you do it this way, each pound you drop, you can say bye-bye to for good because you lost it in a way that makes sense. You're able to lose weight the way you plan on living it. So it's sustainable. A lot of you will look at your plans, especially in the beginning, and have thoughts like these. But this isn't going to help me lose all of my weight. But this seems way too easy. Wait, but what exactly should I be eating? And all of those thoughts tell me the same thing. They tell me that deep down, you're afraid you won't lose the weight. It's natural for that fear to be there. But understand that the only way that's going to happen is if you get impatient and quit. The only way that's going to happen is if you don't give yourself enough time. And if you were guaranteed the result, does it really matter how long it took you to get there? I coach my clients on this all of the time. People find that they're not losing weight fast enough or they hit a plateau and they make that mean that the planning isn't working. I always have to be like, slow it down, tiger. Slow it way down. Consider the alternative, not planning, which probably created your current result, or planning more aggressively. But if you're miserable making the changes, it doesn't magically become a joy to maintain them. And eventually, it's more than likely that you're going to make that big quit on yourself and just give up. So what I'm putting forth is a middle path. Yes, kind of like the Buddha. (laughs) It's a way that allows you to lose weight in a way that will allow you to do it and actually want to do it. What if after all of these years of it being hard, weight loss really could be this easy? What if you could figure it out this way? It's important that you believe that you can even if you don't believe all the way. Because doubts and fears will always be there to creep in. They're going to tell you to stop. They're going to tell you that it's not worth it, and that you're not worth it. But fears don't mean stop. Fear means it's go time. Fear means go. You don't have to be fearless, you just have to do it anyway. I want you to imagine a life where you're not counting your calories, where your hunger is not all-consuming, where you're not obsessing or having to be finicky around what you can and can't eat, afraid that you will quit at yourself at any moment, Because that's what's possible for you.
when you go at it this way. That could be your life. I'm of the same philosophy as the founder of the company on it, Aubrey Marcus, who says, the way to own your life is to own the day. He says, to master 24 hours is to master your life. When you focus on 24-hour chunks, you can pivot, tilt, swerve, zigzag, fall down and get back up without ever giving up. You don't ever have to make one questionable decision mean that you won't be able to achieve what you set out to achieve. You just have to start layering on the little changes. In our hurry to shrink our waistlines, we often shrink our thinking. It leads us to diminish ourselves. The mindful meal plan is designed to help you focus on growth instead of what you have to lose. Creating a lifestyle that allows you to feel good and fueled is a beautiful thing. And kind of the point of this big thing we call life. So make big plans focused on your big vision by showing up in a big way just one day at a time. You so got this. Okay, I'll talk to you again soon. Oh, and by the way, the next two episodes drop on the 25th and the 1st, so... That's kind of a double whammy, (laughs) but also kind of perfect because episode three through six will accompany the free mindful weight loss course that I'm releasing in the new years to celebrate you for being such awesome listeners of the podcast and to get you going with some real results in 2020. So be sure to subscribe to my email list over at mindbody.academy slash subscribe. Happy holidays, big love and hugs to you all. Thanks for being an awesome listener of the Mind Body Academy podcast. If you're ready to redefine success to include health and happiness and live into a body, you capital L-O-V-E, then you need to join me in Think Yourself Slim. It's my one-on-one coaching program where you'll get the coaching you need to become a weight loss success story. Step into the vision that you have for your life over at mindbody.academy. Let's start a transformation today.